Hi, and welcome to Redefining Outbound, a podcast series for sales leaders. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen Vickers, Director of U.S. Sales Development at Cognizant. I'll be interviewing a range of forward-thinking sales leaders on how and why B2B buying behavior has changed, and we'll be unpacking why these trends are important for Outbound. Hope you enjoy the episode. Awesome. Well, welcome back to Redefining Outbound. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Matt Doyen. And to kick off, Matt, could you introduce yourself for the listeners? Yeah, so it's been uh, quite a journey. I'm uh, I'm as much of a generalist in sales as you could possibly imagine. So I've been at the game now 25 years, and I've done everything from SDR, BDR, rep, manager. Uh, for the last eight years, I was first the VP of sales and then CRO, scaled the team up to about 120 people total in sales CS. And then most recently moved on to my own venture where I'm leading the team at Triple Session. But uh, generalist in the sense where sold B2B, B2C, every sales motion you can imagine, account management. So it's a lot, a lot out there. A lot of sampling, pretty diverse background. That's a wide range of, of roles. I love, always love when people start at, at the SDR, BDR role and, and work their way up. It's always important for, I know, my team to see that progression uh, in careers as well. Uh, something I like to ask all of our guests, what does redefining outbound mean to you? So if we really don't look at outbound like an ongoing evolution or really a product almost, like we would any product where it has to be iterated, we have to look at it, tweak it, refine it over time, then things get antiquated really fast. And that's never more true now than in this new era where Everything is so high speed. Everything is changing really fast. AI all over the place. The economy's up and down and pandemics and globalization's breaking down and all this new technology flooding the market. If you don't stay right on the cutting edge, you're going you're gonna to really get dull fast. So when I think of redefining outbound, I think of it less of this moment and more of this ongoing cycle of constantly having to look at What's the situation? What's the market? What's my customer going through? What are our current processes? How are we focusing on delivering the best possible results? And does it fit the situation that we're in? It has to be something that's constantly revisited. I know we're going to get into some of these topics here today, but broadly speaking, that's really what I look at when I think of redefining outbound. Nice. What's a challenge that you and your team are are currently facing and Kind of what solutions you know might you have in place to you know approach it or, or rectify it? Yeah, I'd say that the biggest challenge that we'd really come across most recently is less really pinpointing anything and more looking macro at how crowded the SDR BDR space has become. So if we just empathize for a moment with our BDR brother and sisters out there, they've got three or four different prospecting tools. They got conversation intelligence. They got CRM. They have LMS. They have like this jumbled alphabet soup of technology that they have to keep going in and out of all the time. And on top of that, they're asked to make calls, social sell, get really high speed with email, uh, keep up to speed with their inboxes, understand product, understand customer. Like these are sales professionals that are just in the beginning of their careers, coming off a pandemic, uh, getting into the workspace for the first time. There's so much coming at them. And now we're asking them to learn all these different technologies and 
tools and techniques and be hyper efficient with all of it because the market changes now mean that they have to ramp as quickly as possible and deliver pipeline as fast as possible. That was the challenge, all of the chaos and making organization of it all. The way that we really attack that problem is by building a process focused on simplifying it. We call it three by three coaching. And the idea is first empowering the SDR or the rep. We use it for both with, okay, we're going to focus on just one thing, but this one thing starts with three broad categories. Are we working on a technical skill, something that's really nuts and bolts, very sales specific, a professional skill, time management, business acumen, communication, or even a personal skill, emotional intelligence, growth mindset, balancing your life with everything that you're trying to do professionally. What are you going to pluck out of there that we're going to work on this week? And then the other three is this three-step process of a point of focus, an action plan, and measurable results. And we're going to clear out the chaos. We're just going to focus on this right now. We're going to get high speed and really laser focused just on this one area. And we know that the house is on fire. There are other rooms that are burning right now. We're going to have to just wait and use one bucket of water to put out one fire. And it's this one thing that you're going to bring the energy. You're going to choose it. I'm going to be as your coach, your manager, helping to guide you along the process. But all of this is driven by you. And step by step, piece by piece, week over week, we'll get just 1% better without trying to fix everything in the world all at once. That seemed to have been what's moved the needle the most in the last 12 to 18 months with the team. I love that. And in some ways, you know, you were talking about all the tools. We're making this job, this job the SDR role, easier or as easy as it can be compared to when we were SDRs, but at the same time, it's as hard as it's ever been before, you know, with, even with all the tools that we have out there. So it's definitely a, a challenging world out there. One thing I wanted to touch on, I was watching your, your LinkedIn posts from last week, and I'd just like to dig in a little more on what are your predictions for AI and the, influ uh, the influence that uh, it'll have on sales for 2024? Yeah, so there's a lot that's going to really unpack and unfold if we start to extrapolate the trend lines out and we start to look a little bit farther down the road and really start to play out this, this dynamic and this shift in the paradigm that AI is causing. So what's happening right now? AI, it's everywhere. It's really easy. Most of these tools are product-led. They make it really easy to start folding them into the conversation. And they're telling us what is statistically the best way to handle email or get inside the inbox on LinkedIn, things like that. So as we start to really stay cutting edge and most industries have competitors that follow along one another. So industry by industry, we'll see early adopters, their competitors will adopt as well. All the emails, all the inbox messages, all the LinkedIn messages start to look eerily similar right around the beginning of 2024. We're gonna to start to see the two or three word subject lines already looking like an internal email. Those emails that look more like a haiku than they do paragraphs where they're like broken down and spaced out and really start to drop all these messages and really, really short paragraphs and really short um, phrases. Um, and then the, hey, you know, what do you think about it? Interested, curious as the call to action. These are all going to start to look really, really similar. 
And that's going to make the space even more crowded than it already is. It's going to be really hard to stand out. So this pendulum shift of everybody adopting AI, it'll start to get the results initially. Then it's going to swing back. And when it swings back, what we're going to be left with are really the areas that differentiate BERs, SDRs, and AEs. They're not absolved of this either because they have to generate their own pipeline as well. The one differentiator that AI still has not come close to impacting, and I don't think will anytime soon, is what you do live on the phone. And that's our good old friend, the cold call. We're not going to robocall anyone with AI anytime soon. That is not going to deliver results. So if you pick up the phone and make calls, that's going to differentiate and people are going to wake up to that probably in the back half of next year. They're starting to, if you follow the market, you're starting to see a lot more out there, but you've got to get really high skilled at what you do when you're live on a call. And that's going to be really where we're going to see a lot of tools and a lot of investments go, a lot of training go to get our people as high skilled as ever when they're on the phone. That's music to my ears. I love I love hearing that, that the, the phone is not dead and it won't be dead uh, anytime soon for sure. Not, a, not, not even close. Oh, thank you. Uh, you've recently spoken about uh, the sales skill execution value chain, and I, I thought it was super tactical. Could you just dive into that just in a little more detail for the listeners? You know, what is it? What does this look like from a training standpoint? Yeah, I think it's worthwhile to start really far out macro and then come into the, the micro macro. Everybody should know in sales that we are in the third week of December in what's going to be a 10 year nuclear winter. So I hate to be the bearer of bad tidings here, but a lot of people think, oh, the market is cyclical. The economy comes and goes. This is just one of these corrections that we're going through that we've been through. This is a different world altogether. And when we look at macro and understand why, uh, very quickly, the two-minute overview as to macroeconomics in the market that are driving this value chain, baby boomers are retiring. They're pulling all of their investments out of the market. That's driving up the cost of capital. The Fed is responding by increasing rates on interest. That means more investment is going to the safe stuff, the T-bills, the money market accounts coming out of venture. Venture is cutting fewer checks. 2021 was the record year. We already know what happened in 2022. It was less. 2023 is looking even less than 2022. And it's not coming back. I hate to, to, again, be the, the messenger that everyone wants to shoot. But when that happens, how that impacts finance, it shows up on the balance sheet. CEOs start taking their attention from CROs and VPs of sales and CSOs and saying, hey, what do you want to do? And they turn to the CFO and say, what do we need to do? And this means efficiency. This means everything has to be zeroed in on hyper-efficiency. We're starting to see that now. If you think this is a passing trend, you are sorely mistaken. This is the new normal. This is going to last 10 years. It's not until, and I hate to say this, and it, it makes me choked up a little bit, but until the millennials come and save us with all their investment capital in 10 years, and I can't believe I have to rely on millennials, but I will, because there just aren't enough Gen Xers. We're not enough. There are 10 million fewer of us than baby boomers, 10, fewer million, 10 million fewer of us than millennials. The millennials have to save us, but that won't happen for another 10 years. So until that happens, 
we have to take every dollar that goes into the sales budget and maximize it. And when we're selling, it's even that much harder because every company we sell into is going through that same transition. So what does that mean based on what you reference on the whole value chain? That means everything you do has to be optimized. You can't just lean heavily on being great at one skill and then go out drinking and celebrating all night and come back the next day and it's gonna be all fine, roses and sunshine. That era is over. Today, you have to be great at connecting. You have to be great at social selling. You have to be great at building rapport and discovery and demo and building urgency and mutual action plan and multi-threading and presenting. The list goes on and on and on. And nobody is really razor sharp at all of that all the time. So you have to keep coming back to the gym and really practicing those skills constantly. Lean on your manager, lean on your coach, get into conversation intelligence, your world, and really come back and replay your calls and really make sure that you're fine tuning everything all the time. If you don't, you're going to be left out. Great point. Great point. Uh, you made an interesting prediction for 2024 uh, in that sales enablement is going to be a valuable player. Can you just explain your thoughts behind it? And, you know, as we do head into 2024, how can sales leaders prepare for, you know, this trend shift change that's happening? Yeah, sales enablement, they are the gold medalists. They're number one on the podium, just ahead of sales ops, revenue ops. They're number two, they're the silver medalists. Why these two roles specifically, and again, we'll, we'll focus in on sales enablement specifically, when we take all of that macroeconomic stuff that's impacting sales performance and how salespeople from every role, BDRs, SDRs, AEs, AMs, everyone, how they all need to be performing at maximum efficiency, that means they need additional support. The manager, the coach, they're there, but managers are pulled in a million different directions as well. The sales enablement role is all focused on efficiency. They're not out hiring people. They're not out trying to grow the team. They're trying to optimize the team. They step in once somebody is hired. Okay, how do I help you ramp as quickly as possible? Once they're ramped, how do I help you perform at the highest efficiency, maximizing your production as quickly and as consistently as possible? They are in lockstep with operations and in lockstep with finance. So the new team is not, 100 salespeople with 12 managers and one enablement person. It's really going to look more like 80 salespeople, 10 managers, and two or three enablement people. Smaller team, less investment, high performance. We're going to cut out the bottom. Old Jack Welch style, hey, top bottom 10%. We just can't afford to bankroll you anymore. And what's going to be left is a smaller team, lower investment, less outlay, optimized for performance, led through by sales leadership, sales enablement, and sales operations. Great. I love that. Um, it's scary to say that we're almost in, in 2024. You know, we're closing out October, only two months left. But I'd love it if you could outline and you know, maybe three predictions for the sales development landscape for, uh, for 2024. Yep. So the first is hiring is not coming back. So if you're holding your breath, let the air out, take another deep breath and get ready for, like I mentioned, the nuclear winter. This is just going to be the second year in a decade long winter. So 
bring a nice warm coat next year. It's going to be worse next year, not better. So number one, we're not going to see any big hiring, any big shifts. Two, what does that mean downstream for BDRs, SDRs? going to be a lot of open positions that you're going to graduate to for AE. You're more likely to be in role longer. And that's okay as long as you are knowing what the long game is. You have to be a little bit more patient. I know everyone wants to move on to that AE quota carrying role. The best thing you can do is perform, get really, really strong at all of these different measures, prepare for that next role when it's ready, but zero in on being the best you possibly can on performance now. So when they do tap you, you're as ready as possible. And three, we've already touched upon it a little bit, but cold calling will be the skill that differentiates the best from the rest. So if you are not hyper-skilled and really solid on the phones, start working on it now. Do the trainings, do the coachings, role play with your manager, listen to other calls, really start to build those muscles. And it's tough because technology has moved us away from the phones more than towards them over the years. You got to come back to it. It's what's going to separate you. AI will not disrupt a great phone call. And if you talk to the number one SDRs in sales teams today, overwhelmingly, personally me, I'm hearing the same story. What's your leading channel? Where do you generate the most opportunities? On the phone. I hear it again and again from the top performers. Mirror what they're seeing because they're ahead of it. Get into that now before, again, the winter gets even colder. Yeah, we're seeing the same things uh, here with our, our top sellers are consistently booking a vast majority of their meetings over the phones. But even from a developmental standpoint, the tools that we've equipped our teams with, you know, to review their phone calls and listen to other top salespeople's phone calls. Um, and then even little things, I know, I know it, it can become a challenge once you know, you're out of your onboarding and training, but I don't think role-playing ever gets old. And I think, you know, the more that you can do that and the more people you can do it with, you just learn so much and you become such a, a more well-rounded uh, SDR that you're that much more prepared when that next role does present itself, whenever that may be. 100%. And we have a, an expression here, triple session, practice makes progress, doesn't make perfect. There's no such thing as perfection. And progress means it's just like the gym. You got to get in there and you got to keep those muscles strong. And if you don't, the muscles will get it soft. You'll get weak. So cold calling and uh, coaching and role playing with your manager, those are great ways to stay as strong as you possibly can. Yeah. Love role plays. Yeah. Uh, what would you recommend sales leaders to start, stop, and continue in 2024? So start uh, building your plans with intrinsic motivators, not extrinsic. So what I mean by that is, we throw a lot of money at the problem in sales. We always have money's not there anymore. Again, we talked about this already nuclear winner, everybody, you've got to really get into what drives behaviors with your people more than just the paycheck. So start to build some of those conversations around the individual intrinsic motivators. That would be number one in terms of what they should start doing. Stop focusing just on volume. Uh, volume alone will not do it again. We're getting more and more crowded. There's more volume than anyone can handle in the space right now. What you really need to focus on with your teams is quality 
over quantity. They have to be really, really ready to go for those few conversations, really focused, really lasered, targeted, really plugged in. When that call does happen, they're ready to turn it on. And then continue, continue your one-on-ones. Everyone I talk to runs one-on-ones. They have that ritual. They have that best practice. That's still there. We need to keep that methodology and keep that hands-on love and attention and make sure that we're investing it. We just need to do a better job of how we deliver the message and how we're working with our people. It has to be intrinsic motivators that are really governing that. It has to focus on quality over quantity. Love that. And before leaving, you know, one thing I, I wanted to mention was, you, you know, you launched your first book earlier this month, and I believe that all profits are going towards a nonprofit. Could you just tell us a little bit more uh, about that? Yeah, it's called Revenue Revolution. You can find it in Barnes and Nobles. You can find it on Amazon. Amazon has it on Kindle. Uh, and it talks a lot about what we're talking about here, this new world order that we're facing in sales, these new efficiencies that we have to work in. And it focuses not on a bottoms up approach, which never works. It doesn't scale. Most sales teams focus on a top down approach of building systems. That doesn't work either because things break down when you don't include your people in the conversation. The third bowl of porridge is what has tended to yield the best results. And that means design building your team, working both with leadership and with frontline people to craft and iterate and constantly work on optimizing your systems over time and how to use design build and apply it to your sales process, your staffing, your onboarding, your coaching, all of these individual components in a sales organization. How do you use design build modeling to optimize performance and revenue performance? So it's available now. It just came out on October 10th and Yes, all proceeds are going to be donated to build.org. Build is a fantastic nonprofit, 501c3. They've been around for more than a decade now, and they work with under-resourced communities and going into high schools and teaching entrepreneurship, getting that next generation of entrepreneurs and salespeople ready for getting into the market and being ready for getting into uh, either university or paid roles in startups. So they're doing some great work. They've been around forever and I could be working with them on it. Awesome. I love it. Well, Matt, thank you so much. I appreciate the time today. Again, Matt Doyen, CEO at Triple Session. And uh, I really appreciate the time. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thanks. Yeah.